Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Uh, yes, it is indeed time for uh, Movies and Booze. We are joined once again uh, by Esther McCarthy, Leslie Williams and someone we've just met called Annette Freeman. Good afternoon to you all. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Yeah, it's lovely to have you back in the studio, Annette. And it's this lovely is like, to be back. This is like, you know... It's like the pandemic never happened. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Except it did. Except it did. Don't say that. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's pretend it's uh, good to be back. Uh, it, it didn't happen at all. Uh, anyway, Esther, uh, Lightyear. Uh, I mean, I prefer toy boats to real boats, Sean, I have to say. Um, this is uh, the backstory of the film that initially inspired Andy to become a huge Buzz Lightyear fan. And it's the story of the real life astronaut, uh, Pixar and Disney again. And I just, I wanted to like this more. Um, I just didn't feel the love for it so much, to be honest with mm. you. It just felt a little, like the animation and characters are, are colourful and the storytelling is engaging enough. But I just, I suppose it doesn't boldly go where the Toy Story movies have gone before. Uh, yeah, Star Trek like fans bit... will be murdering you for mixing up your, your space <laughs> references there. Yeah, I saw it myself last weekend and ah. yeah, I feel the same. Uh, plus, there's a few moments a in it where you go, aha, here, where, you know, the daughter turned to me and said, what's going on? Why is that happening? And I said, I can't, uh, I can't explain that either. In fact, if I had a doctorate in physics, I wouldn't be able to explain. Uh, there's a few, let's say, plot holes in it, uh, I think. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that because as a spacer, I always go around going, was it me or was there something missing there in the storytelling? And I think when you, when, uh, the target audience, your daughter, is saying that, then that's quite telling, you know. Mm. Uh, and good luck to see you. Uh, is it Leo Grande or Leo Grande? Or good luck Leo to you. Leo Grande. Uh, yeah. good, la- good luck to you, Leo Grande. This is fabulous. It's great. It's um, Emma Thompson as a, a, a woman who has been widowed a couple of years earlier, had a kind of an OK marriage, not great by the backstory element, uh, but has never had an orgasm and had really functionary sex with her husband and never experienced that desire or joy of, of really great sex. So she decides to hire an Irishman. Sure, why wouldn't you? Uh, an Irish actor by the name of Darren McCormack, actually. So Nina in County Tipperary, who plays Leo Grande in this. And she decides to hire him. He's a sex worker and she wants to discover all the stuff she should have discovered decades earlier. So this is really funny and tender and touching and there's not that much sex in it until there really is. Uh, but okay. it's about more than it's about more than the sex as okay. well. It's about a lot of other stuff. It's Fellas really from good. Nina will make you come. I think would have been a much better title <laughs> <laughs> for I'd that movie. Pick, see that? Yeah, I did pay cash money to see, as indeed that woman did too. But we'll find out more about that uh, later on. So, Leslie, where are two wines from? We today? are in Italy today. Uh, yeah. Two women winemakers. They're both making organic, uh, nicely sustainable wines. We have a white and a red. One from the Adriatic coast and one from the northwestern coast. Uh, is that right? Uh, Piedmont. One from Piedmont. A red from Piedmont. And a white from um, um, uh, from Verdicchio, Verdicchio di Castelli di Iesi, which is in the okay. market. Okay, you see, that could be anywhere. Yeah. You could have just made that up, but it sounds great, no matter what. And one of the makers is like a Kung Fu master uh, or something? She's a jiu-jitsu champion. I've actually wow. met her. She lives in Dublin a lot of the time, and she comes back and forth between the marquee okay, and, and, and the... I'll restrict my schmark yeah, on yeah, no, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to be very nice about this. No, she's a sweetheart. I met her in France a couple, uh, there just a couple of weeks back with Enrico, the importer of these wines. Um, Enrico has arguably my 
Let's pause here for the the listeners. His full name is Enrico Fantasia. It is. He sounds like a character from that (laughs) film that uh, uh, Esther's about to review. (laughs) The best name ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think it's probably Fantasia, but but let's go with Fantasia. I think uh, it's better. Okay. (laughs) You ruin everything. You really do. Uh, uh, Right. And so, Nettie, and and I'm sure Esther will be excited about this uh, Paddington 3. Yeah, Paddington 3. Um, so uh, we have some news about Paddington 3 and uh, where it's at in terms of uh, when we're going to see uh, the little lovable bear back on our on our screens. So he did obviously make a little cameo appearance at the Jubilee celebrations with the Queen. Um, oh, did he? Yes. What yeah. did he do? Um, uh, he uh, had tea with her. That was kind of it. And he's okay, done all of grand. the lovable little foolish things that he yeah. does, <laughs> drinking out of teapots and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but actually it showed a kind of quite a human side of the Queen didn't it? It was a night. It was probably the most entertaining part of the jubilee. You see, that just shows you, like when people say it shows a human side of the queen. That like most of the time, like she's a cyborg. <laughs> she probably could have killed Paddington at any moment if she'd used the lasers in her eyeballs. Yeah. So obviously, it's close on five years now since is we had that long. It is that long. Wow. Obviously, you know, we see him on her screens a lot, and the movies are on mm. Netflix now and stuff. But it is five years ago since Paddington Two, and um, this one. Is called Paddington in Peru. So there's a little clue in the title Interesting there. Interesting there. Go, going home then to see yes, the Yes, going folks. home. Because you'll remember where Paddington 2 ended. It was with Aunt Lucy coming out of the home for retired bears and I'm not creating any spoilers here yeah. if you haven't seen it in the past five years. <laughs> Look at um, And she arrives at the door of the Browns house so maybe Paddington is going to be oh, going back to his... Yeah. Like we, we really... They are so, so tight on the details with this. They're, nothing is going to be getting through um, ahead of time whenever it does. I think Philemon's beginning next year so maybe it's further on than that when, we, when we'll actually see it on our screens. But there's a new producer. It's a guy called Doug Williams. And he's going to be directing uh, this and producing it. And he is a Grammy-nominated director of music videos and commercials, including the John Lewis Christmas advert, which really is that quintessential British, you know, it just trends every year, doesn't Mm. it, when the commercial comes out. Um, So, yeah, as I said, like the the plot has really been kept under wraps. It's funny, isn't it, though? Because like five years, there'd be a whole generation of kids... Mm-hmm. Who might consider themselves too old for it, and then but That's a new true. generation of kids who never saw it before, and then will uh, hopefully will like it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's I'm mad. Yeah. And Ryan, <laughs> are you now a member of the Ryan Gosling uh, wants to you know have my babies uh, club? No, no or this is not Ryan Gosling at his most sexiest. Sorry, he's As Ken. He's laced. I, I for people, and I'm sure our listeners have seen the photo. If you haven't, just put in Ryan Gosling Barbie into your phone or PC now, um, and it's. Ryan Ryan Gosling and he's in double denim um, and he is laced in fake tan and his hair is bleached and uh, well you know Esther and I he know doesn't have Esther a Mickey a, because he's Ken yeah he's smooth right the way around yeah yeah <laughs> he is a Kindle. Um so yeah he uh, this photo was released during the week and obviously Barbie the movie is going to be hitting our screens in July next year and Margot Robbie is playing Barbie but this is like he's just one variation of Ken there's going to be lots of oh. different variations of Ken but for me this picture he just looks like Ken's bad boy cousin from the wrong side of the tracks like it doesn't oh he's an edgy Ken yeah he looks a bit edgy yeah but now it is said that the movie won't be what we expect of a Barbie movie like it's it's going to be an action movie like because you know the way Barbie is obviously Mattel actually Mm. are trying to change the Barbie image so like I guess this is going to be 
a complete new departure for them because like Barbie with a gun kind of thing. <laughs> no she's still going to have a, a pink convertible don't worry there's, right, there's okay. going to be lots of pink few few for that but yeah. like they obviously they, you know Mattel have had gone through a lot of an image crisis and Barbie's gone through an image crisis and this is part of trying to change that because so, yeah, some, she had to kick the drugs and everything it was so hard for her the, like, do you know all the different variations of Barbie on Netflix like this Barbie's Life in a Dream House Barbie's um, mm. you know Dream House was uh, that actually was cancelled because it didn't fit the new Barbie brand the oh. Life in a Dream House because yeah. they were all a bit silly you know there's one where like it's an animated one where she's in kind of like some sort of performing art school and you know by some weird set of coincidences there's three or four women all called Barbie but they all yeah. sing even though they're from different parts of the country yeah I think I've seen I, that that's what yeah. I mean there's yeah. like uh, we're watching the same stuff on yeah. Netflix oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> guess why <laughs> yeah so but you know who was actually tipped to play Barbie first and foremost when they first started talks about doing this Barbie no. movie oh. Amy Schumer <laughs> I know that would be good actually it would be yeah good. but they had creative differences and after like y- you know back and forth for a couple of years she just uh, she she just walked away from the project okay and Margot Aww. Robbie stepped in and other um hosts that are go- or other um household names that are going to be part of it is Will Ferrell Okay. Got, yeah. Okay. And Dua Lipa, which okay. is massive. And America Ferrari and our very own Saoirse Ronan is uh, rumoured to join the cast. And I probably think that's because the person who is uh, producing it, let me find her name here. Uh, Ger- is the woman who did yeah, Lady Greta, Bird and all Yeah, that. Greta Gerdwin. Gerwig, she, yeah. yeah. She um, produced Lady Bird and Little Women and obviously Saoirse Ronan was in Little Women. So yeah, that's the cast and, and that's the... Okay, yeah. There's no clue like well, how many characters are attached to Barbie or the, do all these people are versions of Barbies? Oh, well, I don't know whether they... I, I believe that Will Ferrell is like... he owns the local or a toy store maybe he owns the Mattel toy store I don't know what Julie right. and Saoirse Ronan are doing in it but Julie looks like a Barbie really she's Barbie-ish well she's Barbie-ish but, yeah. well they want to put a wig on her or dye her hair or something or, yeah, <laughs> so, but she might be like dark haired Barbie or maybe she might, hair. she might yeah. um, but uh, that is the, that is the, that uh, Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are just like one of many characters of Barbie An and Ken. army of killer Barbies. I would love That's to see I that see. though. Yeah. I would definitely be going to see uh, Barbie Somebody and says uh, that uh, Gosling looks like a gay table dancer, a plastic gay table dancer in the photograph. Would that be an mm. accurate assessment or is that, uh, that, that yeah, is I'd, unfair I'd, I'd to that, gay I'd table go, dancers? I'd go with the, you know, the, the bad boy Kin's bad boy cousin kind of vibe off of the photo. Okay. Um, I've see. seen Ry Gosling looking hotter. But you know, right? Okay. Well, see, that's the disappointing thing, really. It is because you want. So, did he have a shirt on? No, he didn't have a shirt on. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he didn't have a shirt on. The but white I'm hair still was confusing, wasn't it? The yeah. White, yeah. The white hair made him look a bit. Okay. So t- Ryan Gosling without his shirt on still looked disappointing in this photograph. <laughs> that's yeah. clearly. I'll take some hard work. <laughs> I, I, I would have thought it was a bad haircut. I think is the problem. I would have thought. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I thought that like that was your guaranteed Leo Grande every time. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to our uh, first wine of the day. Tell us about. It. Okay, so the first wine is um, from La Marque. It's Salta Tempo, and it's uh, Vidicchio di Castelli di Yezi, which 
which is so Marque if um, people might not Marque is not so well known if you um, head east of Rome and then up a little bit so the Marque is south of Emilia Romana which is where Bologna is north of Abruzzi and Tuscany would be to the west mm. so and then and then roamed a little bit further south so it's uh, from slopes looking onto the Adriatic and um, gets nice salty breezes coming up um, Viticchio is a really ancient grape um, certainly been grown there since well some say the 4th century but probably more likely Middle Ages um, but um, it, it just it means little green ones little green one um, and as I've said the winemaker is uh, a woman Daniela Quarazima, I think that's something like that. <laughs> Quarazima. Um, and uh, yeah, and she spends quite a bit of time in Dublin. And she is a tra- she is a, also has a school of capoeira, which is the Brazilian art of jiu-jitsu. So, so wow, this one is okay. really nice, I think. This is actually nice. No, notwithstanding the fact that she could beat the crap out of all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, really is lovely. Yeah, so lovely. white flowers, slightly salty, fresh. And what's interesting is she doesn't do the normal thing. The normal thing with white grapes like this would be stainless steel fermentation, cold fermentation to retain acidity. But there's already loads of acidity in this mm. so she lets it naturally ferment over like seven months on the natural yeast and um, and it really just lets it alone basically and she doesn't use any sulphur and yet it's remarkably clean I mean mm. it's and, and sometimes she do dull down the sulphur don't use much it, it can it can mines can take well they can just taste a little different a little less fresh but there's just remarkable freshness and cleanness and floral and citrus notes and, and is it just a one grape uh, yes that one grape for Dicchio yeah. don't you can by law if you want for Dicchio de Castelli use um, a little bit of Trebbiano and stuff but as far as I know she's just using 100% yeah. and, and if I can give a little plug um, sure Enrico yeah. and myself are doing an Italian wine dinner in Fandenburn next Thursday the 23rd and this will be served with rice and peas uh, risotto so DC okay. And I think it will go really well because it'll pick, it'll cut through the creaminess of the risotto, and it'll pick up the green fruit and the peas and so on. So I think it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. Okay. That's lovely. That yeah, really is nice. Like that. Uh, what's the ABV and how much will oh, yeah. so it's such about? About uh, twenty-two, so it's not very okay. cheap. But I hope that's not the ABV. Thirteen percent. So it's it's a okay, that's light and it's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. But it's quality. I think it's you know it it it, it, it zings out of the glass there. Yeah. I think it's uh, that's know, think really it, lovely. Yeah. Really, really lovely. Uh, you like that, Nettie? It's lovely, yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> my, my wine knowledge. She's back, not, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I should give it a couple. I should have a couple of stockers. So, Fallon Burn obviously have it, but also um, Sheridan should have it. McCurtain Wine Cellar in Cork, um, and a few sort of the independents and so on. You'll okay. find it out. Excellent stuff, uh, uh, Esther. Should we talk about Lightyear? Yes, let's talk Lightyear. All right, all right. You win. <sighs> Look, feather featherings. Feather. It's a feather nymphs, sir. Look, rookie. First, you will not speak unless spoken to. Yes, sir. Still talking. Second, respect the suit. This suit means something. It's not just protecting your body, it's protecting the universe. This suit is a promise to the world that you and you alone will do one thing above all. Finish the mission, no matter the cost. You will never quit. Whatever the galaxy may throw your way, will you please turn that off? <laughs> it's just too easy. You're mocking me, aren't you? Yeah, but in a supportive way. There you go. That's uh, Light I think it hits uh, the cinemas tomorrow. Uh, is, is that right, it's, Esther? It's today, actually. Oh, is it John? today? Yeah. Right. From yeah. today, yeah. Yeah. Um, so off you go. As you know, yeah. it's, it's hardly worth explaining the backstory in an odd kind of a way. It is in an odd kind of a way, yeah. So we're presented with a very simple explanation in, in the opening moments, I suppose, that as a young boy. Andy was given a Buzz Lightyear toy because of a movie that he loved about the astronaut. And Lightyear is that movie. So 
in in a way, I already had an issue with that because the animation doesn't look like <laughs> yes. it predates That's the, the first Toy thing Story. I said as well. <laughs> yeah, d- d- you know rather I mean? good animation for 1992 or whatever it yeah. was. <laughs> or I just maybe I just I know we're setting out of space and all that, and it's you know it's supposed to be sci-fi, but I kind of thought. The, the the Toy Story animation so distinctive looking that I thought it should have nodded into that in some sort of way. Um, so it kind of lost me early, I'm afraid, this one. And um, yeah, the story, the real Buzz, I suppose, like, I think the funny thing about the Toy Story films is Buzz Lightyear's um, undeserved optimism and blind faith in his own ability to mm. achieve things. And I think it's been a really running joke in the films and really, really funny. And it's got, you know, it's built the story and got them into a lot of scrapes and all of that. But the real buzz is a bit like that as well. Just not quite likeable, <laughs> as likeable, you know. He sounds like Chris Evans. Um, so that's a bit jarring as well because he's a different voice actor, obviously, uh, to the toy. But he's a bit of a legend, I guess, in space ranger circles. Uh, chiseled jaw, dimpled, very good looking and not short in, in, in his own confidence. So he thinks he can pull off all these like virtually impossible space feats and... Uh, that's what gets them into trouble. So they, him and his crew have been hopping around outer space, exploring all these new worlds. Um, but they're trying to get away from this distant planet that has um, hungry vines that attempt. To, it's quite a good um, thing, actually. It's quite a funny thing. Yeah, they uh, get stranded practical. on this planet. Yeah, they get yeah. marooned on this planet where the hungry vines are trying to snatch them out of existence. He decides to pilot his, Buzz decides to pilot his own ship, ship to hyperspeed in a bid to escape. I think this is probably where Cora turned around to you and said, what's going on? Oh, no, it was later on. Uh, Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, you know the bit. Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Go on, keep going. So he's trying to go hyperspeed in a bid to get off the planet. But as he tries and fails, he returns. And I think this is where I thought, oh, this is going to take off now. This is going to be Pixar magic. I'm going to be on the floor crying in half an hour. But it just didn't really happen for me. So... Mm. But it was a lovely idea. I could see where they were trying to go with it. Um, he returns because he's going hyperspeed. Apparently, I interviewed the astronaut Tim Peake during the week. And apparently there is scientific basis for this. Uh, I'm not going to try and explain it. But he returns to his peers a few minutes later after trying hyperspeed to find that years have passed. And I think the film's most moving sequence and where you see the potential in the film is we get to see in rapid speed the life of his closest friend and peer, who's Captain Hawthorne. Um, as she falls in love, there's um, a same-sex relationship here, actually, which is just delivered on screen without even a reference, mm. which is handled really nicely, yeah. I think. Um, she falls in love, gets married, has a kid, and gradually succumbs to illness. And it's like, you know... This is going to go all inside out now. I'm going to be heaving, crying here in a while. But then it just kind of that idea is just kind of dropped a little, you know, Um, her grandchild. And and it's to build into the story of her grandchild, who's Izzy, um, who's voiced by Kiki Palmer. It's a lovely performance, voice performance, actually, who joins Buzz's crew um, with kind of a, a motley crew, I suppose, including I really like the idea of Darby. He's this cranky ex-con. He's a former criminal who's only going to space because he's on a rehabilitation program to get uh, short to sentencing. So that was kind of fun. And then yet the the quirky and nervous Mo as well, who's voiced by Taika Waititi. Um, 
But the best character in it, I think, is Socks, the robot cat. Mm. Um, he was Absolutely. fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Socks is introduced into Buzz's life because he's a bit traumatized after losing all, all the people around him and, you know, trying to navigate reaching hyperspeed and coming back to Earth and, and finding what he's missing and losing his peers. So the, the, the robot cat is designed to help him adjust to the life that he's missed. Uh, but he's a quite annoying and straight talking robot cat. Uh, I want one for Christmas. I'm not five, but I definitely want yeah, a socks in my you life. and every six year old wants one of them for Christmas and probably <laughs> will have to get one. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of the story. Mm. Uh, there's kind of, you know, there's this spaceship shows up, com- you know, evil looking spaceship commandeered by uh, the Emperor Zorg, who's played by uh, Josh James Brolin. Uh, great voice performance from him as well, actually. And it, yeah, it, they're try- you know, they're trying to overcome him and it's all perfectly entertaining in its own way, Sean. But I just felt like I want something more special from a standalone yeah. with a character featuring a character like Buzz Lightyear. It has to be something special. Um, and I think I've said this about Pixar films before. Part of the joy of the Toy Story movies was getting to hang out with the toys and learn more about their quirks and personalities. I mean, was it the second one that had the Barbie, uh, the Barbie sequence? It was mm. one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. Um and it, you know, has faith in its storytelling to be able to do that instead of going from one plot point to the other. And that's what I felt this film was doing. I think that maybe Pixar has lost something along the way, though I loved the last film in Canto. I thought it was beautiful. But I just wonder, like I was, it's, it's, it's directed by a guy called Angus McLean, who, you know, very experienced short filmmaker and also co-directed Finding Dory. But I just wonder, are we suffering from a little dip um, where we had all of these creative, absolute geniuses, the Pete Doctors of this world, the Andrew Stauntons, of course, he brought us Wally. And I wonder, did we have just those daring, brave, genius, creatively filmmakers who are now kind of moving up to executive producer roles and are not quite there at the front line of the yeah. storytelling, you know, that they would have a lot of influence, obviously. Um, and, you know, Pete Doctor was heavily involved in Soul. I interviewed him for that. But you just wonder, did we have all these creative geniuses just, you know, working at the same time and this magic happened and now there's just a little dearth as, as they move up toward, up the ladder a little. That's kind of my theory anyway. Um, but this one, yeah, no, I... I it's solid. I don't want solid from Pixar. They're no, you don't. That. No, I because th- I thought like about an hour in, it's just strangely ran out of gas. There were there were elements to it that were very funny. There was a you know that thing you alluded to where you know he sees everybody's life uh, go by, particularly his best friend, were quite poignant. But it was mm. almost like they shot their bolt at that at that point, and then they kind of thought, "Well, how do we finish this film? Let's come up with some kind of physics gobbledygook that nobody understands." And yeah. uh, uh, and that was the point at which. I could feel because it was at one of these kind of showings where everybody brought their kids and you could feel the volume level go up at that point as kids started to go bored now. I'll play with yeah. me balloon uh, instead, uh, which was a shame. It didn't it didn't commit to its premise, I think, yeah. or, or it didn't believe in its premise. It tried to throw more story at it instead of keeping it simple. Um, and I think, you know, the characters were there. They were, they were, all of those characters are really good. Um, they just... 
it just felt like a package of something. It just felt like a package of plot points that you had to go to to do this and do that to do to do entertain the kids. Pixar has never been about that. Pixar is mm. about upending all of that storytelling, really, and that's why they revolutionised animation. I think. Um, having said that, I would give this three stars. I do think it has elements to it that are very enjoyable and characters and personality to, that are likable. But I just it didn't do the magic for me. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. Uh, Cormac says, uh, can you ask the wine fella, if mm. restaurants have a much wider selection of wines to choose from at point of wholesale, often you'd be out and taste a wine that you'd like, uh, but then find it very hard to find it in a commercial off-licence. Usually it's impossible to find uh, it. Yeah, well, it's deliberate. I mean, they don't mm. want you finding it for five ninety nine, and they're selling yeah. it for twenty seven ninety nine. Um, yeah, there are usually separate lists. Now, having said that, most... Um, people who sell to restaurants will also sell to the independents. Mm. Um, so if you have a wine in a restaurant that you like, ask them who the importer is, then ring the importer and say, is this available in any independent off-licenses? And frequently they will have it in the likes of, say, Redmond's and Randall or Vintry or yeah. you know, some of the smaller good off-licenses where, you know, where people aren't that bothered about the price to the same degree, you know. But uh, Yeah, we had, actually, we had Mick O'Connell in yesterday. Mm. We did an yes, item on, on the, yeah. uh, the houses of the Oireachtas yeah. wine. And the, the wine is grand. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the red is still sitting out there in the kitchen. Nobody, Nobody wants it. <laughs> even even in a room full of journalists, no one was cheap enough to take it home because, like, you I, know, the smell of it would curl your hair. Um, the political reporter, the examiner, did a thing on money they were spending, and I analysed the seller actually, which wasn't bad. And they'd made an effort to get some Irish-made wines, but wines mm. made with an Irish connection, and so on. And uh, but yeah, but the house wine I think is meant to be pretty, pretty yeah. rough. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. They're, they're they're changing it up apparently. Uh, right, okay. Uh, the, the Netflix, now this J Lo documentary is on Netflix now. And it's kind of interesting in that actors usually kind of smile and clap when they don't win an Oscar and they, they you know, they're admiring of people when they when they get nomin other people when they get nominations. But she's kind of quite honest about feeling yeah. pissed off about it. So she was quite disappointed um about not uh, getting the nod for the Hustlers movie, which mm. she actually um what was the other award that she won for that? She did get, or she got nominated in another category in another award ceremony, but she didn't get the nod for the Oscar. Yeah. Um, like, uh, this is on Netflix at the moment. Yeah. It came out during the week. And, uh, like, it is, she gives an awful lot away in a way that we haven't seen with, say, the Taylor Swift documentary or the Beyonce documentary. Yeah. It is quite um, telling of her background. She even alludes to the fact that, like, her mother used to, you know, was, you know, maybe not violent, but she used to hit, you know, she used to hit give them. Give them a clatter. As, yeah, she yeah. used to give them a clatter uh, when they were young and that, you know, that very uh, fractious relationship that she had with her mother, the fact that she left, you know, home at 18. And um, we see her completely without makeup, like absolutely not a scrap oh. of makeup, hair tied up in a bun, you know, um, at her parents' house on, uh, you know, Thanksgiving in a shirt and a pair of Uggs and like just, you know, that banter with her family, mm. really like natural, you know, a mother, you know, a sister, a daughter. And I just think it's it's really That's lovely. It's, it's a really nice gripping kind of a thing. You're not going to be looking at your mobile while you're watching it. Now, there is all of the bling that comes with JLo. There are diamond encrusted cups that she's drinking out of, uh, you know, the aviator <laughs> glasses. While not wearing she, any makeup. Yeah, yeah. while not wearing any makeup. Standard. But um, yeah, it, it goes into the whole. So it starts at the point of her 50th birthday. 
she's in the back of this um, truck filming you know something her kids are there she's blown out the candles for her 50th birthday and then it follows her for that from that point to two years on um, and it, it picks up on all of the points where she was um, part of the halftime Super Bowl entertainment and what happened there was usually it's reserved for one artist yeah. so it's one artist and then you'll find that other people come on and do like little cameos or whatever but they split the time between her and Shakira the NFL decided to put two Latino artists on and it, like she actually refers to that in the documentary as the stupidest idea of all time like she's kind of like just in, in terms of time wise so you hear the call between her and Shakira Shakira is wherever she is and Shakira land. I don't know where she <laughs> yeah. lives. Um, and she's like on the phone and they're like, OK, we've 12 minutes here. Let's just split it right down the middle. And uh, then it just it, it and funnily enough, it doesn't show Alex Rodrigo once. And she was with him like from like she didn't split up with him until oh. halfway through 2021. And she was with him for however many years. So I'd say Netflix had to do some serious editing. editing there. That. And then oh. there's like one little piece where Ben Affleck, obviously her current love interest, yeah. Uh, does make an appearance on the screen just talking about her. Kind of okay, so it's a bit like the Kardashians because your man, the, the mad one, never they never showed him. Uh, what, Kanye or... Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Kanye. Yeah, yeah. but Kanye... The mad one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Poor Kanye. It was, it was them that ruined him. She ruined him. Probably, yeah. She did ruin him. probably all her But fault. he still... He, Kanye actually still dresses Kim. He picks... He, like, he calls her in the morning and just tells her what, what clothes to wear. What? Yeah, that's... Yeah. That is, he's still he's still intertwined with her that way in that he if she is going someplace big like the Saturday Night Live or that she hosted or wherever he will be heavily involved in picking her clothes for those those events. Okay, that's it's odd. some type of clause that they had in the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's usually the other way around, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, didn't she break the Marilyn Monroe dress as well? Apparently, she did, yeah. yeah, she did. She got a load of ketchup stains on <laughs> yeah, down, she down the front the of it. She afterwards, as, as you got, would, really. Anyway, uh, Annette and, and Esther and Leslie are, are still with us. Um, the uh, Somebody wants to know about Walnut Block is about the only w- uh, wine I love to get in specific restaurants. Can't find it in an off-licence. Has um, Leslie seen it anywhere? So, I mean, that, that's a New Zealand um, Pinot Noir and Sauvignon Blanc. I'm assuming it's probably the Sauvignon Blanc. I, I, I'm, so Tyndall wine merchants import that. So Searson's in Monkstown would have it. And, mm. if, and, and they would probably have it in a few other spots. So I'd ring Searson's and ask to speak, you know, see if they have it if they sell it anywhere near you um, or else just go to Searson's and Monkstown and you can, sell, you can buy it online. Right. And that producer has a couple of other vineyards that they make from as well. So Okay. Well, let's move on to our uh, second so, wine uh, of the yeah, day. So the second wine is, uh, we were on the Adriatic and now we're moving to the northwest, uh, just in from Turin. Um, and this is, um, so we think of Piedmont and we think of the famous wines of Barolo, Barbaresco, Barbera. Uh, but there's another red grape called Dolcetto, mm. um, which means the little sweet one. We have the little green one and then we have the little sweet one. And uh, Dolcetto is, uh, you come across Dolcetto d'Alba, Dolcetto d'Asti, um, but this is the original best vineyard for our Dolcetto. And it used to be, um, uh, it's, uh, it's Doliani, D-O-G-L-I-A-N-I, Doliani. And this one is San Ferriolo. Ferriolo. Um, mm. And it is about 29 euros. And it is just, I, I think this has been called the Italian Beaujolais. And I think it's, it is somewhat. Those bright, mm, juicy. Okay, fruits. yeah, I get I, that. It's a, yeah. little, it's a little chilled. I deliberately served a little chilled, um, and I just all those bright, juicy fruits. Um, Nicoletta Bocca is the winemaker, another one, woman winemaker, again organic, uh, biodynamic in this instance actually. Um, and this is going to be served with uh, lamb and artichokes um, in Fellenberg next week. Jeez, so, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be bulging after yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, so it's good, good. But I uh, just there's a lovely bright juiciness about it, yeah. a chewiness, and its texture. And this is 
the best Dolcetto. Now look, it's twenty nine. So, but, yeah. but there's less expensive versions of it as well. And, oh, and no, don't ignore Dolcetto. Nice. That's uh, you've got two winners there. Okay, uh, good. absolutely, Leslie. Yeah. Uh, well done. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Marilyn uh, Monroe biopic. I think they've released a trailer for it. But from what I hear, it's like there's loads of riding in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of riding, and yeah. uh, for that reason, it's been given an NC seventeen rating, which is the old, or it's, which is a new version for X rated. So okay. there's a good. What does the NC stand for? I I um I. N- I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's Google it here. Naughty uh, content is what it stands yeah, for. That's it. Uh, well, the seventeen was—is that like under seven? Uh, no, 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 under no, seventeen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think. Yeah, and X because the people oh. I think so they replaced X with NC seventeen. Yeah, because well, probably NC-17s if people seen X rated in, they... in mainstream movie theaters, I think okay. they were. Thank you. Okay. Um, Sorry, so, um, <laughs> so well yeah, it's—I didn't know that. So yeah, yeah Blonde—it's the first trailer uh, in the, and it's an ex- Netflix biopic about Marilyn Monroe. Anna de Armes, who was a Bond girl in No Time to Die and also an ex of Ben Affleck. She is going to be uh, playing Marilyn and Andrew uh, Dominique is the director. He's uh, recently done Nick Cave's documentary um, This Much I Know to Be True, which was also, was it on Netflix? Yeah. Actually, and Nick Cave has done the score for this as well, for the music for this documentary. So, also starring Adrian Brody as Arthur Miller and obviously Marilyn right, uh, was okay. married was to Ar- Ar- yeah. Arthur Miller uh, an unlikely coupling um, uh, Bobby Cannavale is uh, Joey DiMaggio and Julia Nicholson plays Gladys Pearl Baker it's set for release in September it's co-produced by Brad Pitt and it's going to be gritty and it's it, there's something the producer said there's something in there to offend everyone so fabulous, I, yeah. Because I think, it's, yeah, they're not going to be too too uh, bent out of shape about getting everything biographically correct. So it's kind of an, a re- reimagining, okay, to a certain extent. Yeah. So it's, and he did also go on to say that it's about how childhood trauma shapes an adult who splits between the public and private self. So it is going to be gritty. There is going to be a lot of sex, and it's on Netflix in September. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of a lot of sex, our next film is Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Here's a clip. You don't have to worry, Nancy. This is just about us tonight. So what is your fantasy? Um, I'm not sure you could really class it as a fantasy as such. It's a bit mundane for that. Okay, well, what would you most desire? I mean, desires are never mundane. Um, to have sex tonight, um, with you. That's about it, really, for the moment. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. Like, what is your fan? I don't know. I'd have to go away and think about it. Uh, all right. Okay. So tell us the premise, Esther. Look, if you're getting a laugh out of that, you're going to yeah. love this. It's very dryly funny. Perfectly cast with Emma Thompson as Nancy, um, who manages to show the desire and loneliness, I suppose, in a way of, of this woman. But it's also got this really wry and very, very English sense of humour that she is able to milk the script, really rich laughs out of the script. And I have to take my hat off to Darren McCormack or Nina actor here who holds his own against her in what is it's almost a chamber piece for two thirds of the film anyway. It's a two hander, like it could almost be a play, although they've managed to make it quite cinematic with the help of these two brilliant central performances. Um, it made me smile a lot, this one, I have to say. So she, like, 
he's Leo Grande. He's he's a sex worker. Um, he's tasked with helping Nancy get her mojo back, I suppose. Uh, she was widowed a few years earlier. She doesn't have much favourable of anything really to say about her ex-husband. Um, she doesn't like her daughter. She's a bit lonely. She's kind of gone, I've missed out. I think she, I think we learned that she's 62. Um, but there's a lovely, well, it's a really funny opening line when he knocks on the door and says, hi, Nancy, can I come inside? And she says, <laughs> yes, yes. And it had me at hello, really. I just thought that is such a cheeky line to put in, in, their, in their opening gambit. But like, we also just learn a lot about this woman as well. That she, she knows she's missed out. You know, she knows she's missed out. Sex was done kind of the Friday night, once a week designed to have kids she's never had um an orgasm doesn't know what it feels like and she's taken this step um to meet this man who is i suppose he calls himself a sex worker i would always see him more as a therapist who carries out the therapy himself i suppose (laughs) um so he's a kind of this dab hand of finding out what makes people tick and he has a real interest in people as much about the personalities as what they want in the bedroom department. Of course, Nancy doesn't know what she wants. Uh, but after their first experience, she comes back for the second meeting with a smogs board of uh, requests. <laughs> so he's definitely piqued her interest, you know. Um, but what I think about, I liked about this is it's very funny. It's very sexy. Um, really, really sexy. Even when they're in dialogue together. But it also looks at that need for for connection. I remember talking to Lenny Abrahamson around the time of Normal People and him saying to me that sex is like a conversation um, and that's what he was aiming to achieve in Normal People and it always stuck with me as a line and I think that's what they're achieving here as well um, mm. okay. and I think that's really interesting. Um, they play each other, there's a little bit of politics going on along the way. Um, it's really about intimacy and desire though. Um, and her desire to have that at this point in her life and kind of her anger that she hasn't had the opportunity to experience it either. Um, so I think it's super. I think it's a star making performance for um, for Darren McCormack. Um, mind you, he's already on his way. He's just finished um, a shower. Um, uh, Sharon Horgan series for Apple TV and he's off making a film with uh, Richard E. Grant and Judy Delpy. So he's going to be, you know, our next star to watch out for. They're just coming like okay. now at the moment. That's great. Brilliant. That's great to hear. Right. And you can also hear uh, Emma Thompson on this week's Screen Time. Uh, it's available as a podcast uh, from 5 p.m. today or you can tune in uh, tomorrow at 8 p.m. And if you are a therapist and Esther McCarthy ever arrives into your uh, clinic, <laughs> keep it in your pants. She only meant that in the context of a film. Uh, Esther and, and Nettie and Leslie, thank you all very much. That's our lot for today. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.